Let's go. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Binge Town TV. This is Brian here with Jimmy, and today we're going to be covering the Disney Plus original series, What If? This is going to be episode three entitled What If? The world lost its mightiest heroes. And this is that key third episode we've been alluding to. Uh, We've been talking about it for the past two weeks on the podcast, and I really hope it lived up to the hype with you guys, because me and Jimmy, I already know, loved this episode. I thought it was really interesting going back and rewatching it because we kind of knew what the twist ending was, and it was still just as rewarding. I I thought this episode was really solid. Yeah, this was a really, really good episode. We've had this one in the back of our minds for three weeks now, so we've been dying to talk about it. Definitely darker than the first two. Okay, the first yeah, one was sure. yeah, the first one was a really nice, fluffy, feel-good story with us having Captain Carter. The second one was sad because it was T'Challa and we missed Chadwick Boseman, but another pretty uplifting episode yeah the story itself was really fun lighthearted. yeah now this one we have the death of a lot of avengers here i mean hulk thor natasha barton yeah pretty dark stuff too i mean barton was forced into like an insanity because he was doubting his own powers i mean it was really unsettling watching hulk literally blow up i was like geez this is This is pretty gruesome for uh, a Marvel installment, Uh, but it was really cool. I thought it was it was it was very interesting how credit to Hank. He figured out how to kill all of the Avengers. He did. He did. Now, let me ask you, I want to jump right into it. Did did you guess at any point that this was going to be Hank Pym? No, no, not even a little bit. So I'm ready to pat myself on the back here because so when, when they inject Tony, and obviously mm-hmm. we didn't say Tony yet, and he's obviously another big death. Way before his time, because we know his death means so much in the actual MCU. But he gets this injection, and you're supposed to think that it was some kind of poison or something that would kill him. And as soon as Dr. Betty Ross says that it was some kind of projectile, and they kind of show how the mechanism works, I was like, hmm. That would be cool if it was like Ant-Man. Now, I didn't guess he was going to be the villain, yeah. but I did say in my head, like, whoa, that'd be pretty cool if that was Ant-Man just like shooting through his neck. Again, another dark thing, though. Yeah. So, no, I didn't I didn't guess that, like, towards the end, it got closer and closer when they started talking about hope. Obviously, I started piecing it together, but I didn't guess he was going to be the villain. But I did have the thought that he was the one going through the neck of Tony. Yeah, once you narrow it down to, hmm, who can get small and fit through a needle, that really narrows who it could possibly be. And I guess at this point in the MCU, Paul Rudd wouldn't have been Ant-Man yet, so it would have only been Hank. Um, exactly. So I'll give, I'll give you like a little golf. A little, a little half, yeah, a half yeah, pat, a not little, a full pat there, you know. It to you. What we've kind of gotten into the habit of doing, why don't we go through the characters and who they landed the actual voice actor for? And I was pretty impressed with the roster that they got for this one, too. Uh, I don't know if you have the list. but Yeah, I, I do. I do. I, I, I agree. It was it was a really a really good list here of star studded cast. Like always, they had Nick Fury uh, with Samuel Jackson, our boy. Hank Pym was Michael Douglas. Now, I'm actually going to say mm-hmm. here that when I saw Michael Douglas's debut towards the end of the episode, 
I thought it was like a knockoff Michael Douglas, to be honest, like maybe because he was trying to be like deranged or a little bit. But for some reason, I didn't think it was Michael Douglas. Clark Gregg is agent Colson. You can tell that right away. Great to see him back. Jeremy Renner was Clint Barton. Mm -hmm. And while we're on that topic, I just want to say that the scene from Thor, when you first see Clint, when he's on, like, he's on, like, the, um, not the harness, but, you know, the thing that he's, walk, ha- right? yeah, he's, like, yeah. hanging down, getting ready to take the shot. I just remember back years ago when this was debuting, and I saw him, and I was, like, so excited for Jeremy Renner to be Hawkeye because I freaking love Jeremy Renner. So that just yeah. reminded me, and it, I was so pumped to see that scene redone in animation. Um, but Are we you also a big Hawkeye fan, or were you just, like, a big I Jeremy was, so- fan and you were hyped? I really enjoy Hawkeye. I read a lot of stuff on the comics uh, with Hawkeye right around when I was reading all the time. There are some good Hawkeye stories. There was a story when he became Ronin, and that was really cool. And to you, Ronin was in Endgame when he was dark, the dark version of, right. of Hawkeye. That's kind of the outfit he was wearing. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is in the comics, there's a secret character that was just a badass assassin. You find out it ends up being Hawkeye as Ronin. Tom Hiddleston was Loki. Jamie Alexander was Lady Sif. So yeah, she had a quick line and they got her again. So she's making some some comebacks in these DC or DC Disney. <laughs> yeah, I was like DC Disney D- shows. MCU, the Disney MCU. You there you know. go. Um, yeah, I have to imagine that her and Tom Hiddleston were just both on set for doing Loki. They were like, hey, come to the studio, bang out these lines in a day. And she only had that really one quick snippet exactly now the big dogs that we didn't have no black widow scarlett johansson wonder why dude i don't know now we would know why if they need her now but that's that's way in the past so yeah i don't know tony stark robert downey jr yes we can we can figure why we we, they didn't get him just because he probably Mm -hmm. demands so much money Liv Tyler was not Dr. Betty Ross. She was pretty much known from the very, very beginning of Incredible Hulk movie that she was not going to be used again. And that's kind of why Black Widow became the love interest for Hulk, Mm -hmm. Bruce Banner. Uh, Thunderbolt Ross, his actor didn't come back. Brie Larson wasn't back as Captain Marvel. So we did have a quick crossbones Brock Rumlow scene, but he was not Frank Grillo. But that was crazy that they just... Grillo. Oh, it was. He got credited. Oh, he did. Okay. Okay. Episode. Did you also say Mark Ruffalo? Mark Ruffalo was Hulk. Yes. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I didn't realize that he was that he was actually credited as Brock Brumlow. I thought he wasn't. Mm-hmm. So that's funny because again, a nice little callback to something you're not expecting. Uh, but that's pretty much it. There was probably a couple other ones here and there, but those were the big ones. So now there was one heavy hitter actor that I thought did a noticeably poor performance. Who do you think I believe did that poor performance? Because honestly, I was, I already told you that I thought Michael Douglas didn't sound like himself, but maybe mm-hmm. it was just the yeah. voice acting and him trying to sound deranged. Um, would it, would it have been Mark Ruffalo? No, I thought he was good. It was Tom Hiddleston. I thought really, he, I thought it sounded very much like he was an actor trying to voice it to sound like him yeah it's it just seemed off to me i don't know i didn't think he he was landing for me that's funny i don't know if it's because we just saw loki and we're used to seeing him live action or something like that like i when i heard him i was like i thought like i was like that's him there there wasn't really a question if it was or wasn't but it, it is tough like it's really tough to to get 
the voice acting to jump through the screen. And we talked about this during episode one, I believe, when we were talking about the voice actor for Steve Rogers. Not all actors are great voice actors, you know? So, I mean, you obviously want to get the actor if you can, just because it's, it's continuity. But there's times like Steve Rogers did great. I mean, Tony's actor, Tony Stark's, we didn't get much of him, but he was fine. Yeah. I mean, but he wasn't more much to me. He wasn't an impersonator. He didn't really sound like Robert Downey Jr. that much to me. No, not really. Yeah. But no. he did fine with the mannerisms and how Tony mm. would be acting around Iron Man 2 time. Black Widow, I thought it was okay. I thought she was the voice she actor did, well, did, did fine. Did yeah, like I, I don't think that there was any issues. It's At times, it, she had kind of faked me out, and I had thought I heard Scarlett Johansson. Other yeah. times, I just appreciated that it sounded like Black Widow. I really like the scene where she's in the truck, and she's, like, trying to talk to the guards, and nobody's giving her the time of day. She's like, oh, forget it. Like, yeah. for me. that was very Black Widow-esque of her. It was. Um, yeah, I thought she did a good job. Yeah, okay, cool. And just to rewind a little bit, this takes place... We've been through each episode saying that they're going off movies. You know, first one was Captain America, first Avenger. Uh, The second one was obviously Guardians of the Galaxy. This one was a little bit of a blend because obviously we're talking about the Avengers initiative and leading towards the Avengers. And you could see scenes uh, like from the beginning scene, Iron Man 2 and how the Iron Man 2 started obviously wouldn't end the same way because Tony dies. Then there's some Thor in it. And again, we have some Hulk. So it's pretty much the origin stories of our MCU characters, except they're being killed off. And again, that brings it back to the dark side. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, the implications of some of the stuff that they did was really cool to see how it plays out and how S.H.I.E.L.D. and Nick Fury really carried this episode on his back, how they kind of just found a way regardless. Okay, the Avengers are down, but someone still has to fight this fight. Yep. And... The one thing I do want to point out is how much of a badass they made Nick Fury look like. Obviously, they probably can't do that stuff with the real Samuel L. Now that mm-hmm. they're doing the animated medium, they can make him how he's supposed to be in the comics. You would know more yeah. about that. But we mm-hmm. discussed it a few times uh, through our MCU uh, podcast episodes, how Nick Fury is ju- just supposed to be the man. Yeah. Super intelligent and super spy, super assassin, super everything. Yeah. He doesn't have superhero powers, but he's pretty much like a Black Widow. Was the fight scene at the end before it's revealed that Loki is also doing the whatever Mm -hmm. was the, the initial fight where he's like blocking him and everything. That was all Nick Fury though. Right. I took it like it was just Loki the whole time to be honest, but, but it's interesting that you say that though, because the only reason why I say no is because when he started shrinking and coming at him, he like swiped him away like it was nothing mm-hmm. at certain times. It seemed like the beginning speech was Nick Fury because okay. you can tell that there's some heart in it and he's talking about hope and the background of hope and things like that. So maybe the beginning combat, the beginning speech is Nick Fury, yeah. but it obviously changes to Loki because Loki starts being a dick saying he doesn't care about hope and he doesn't care about any of the mm. Avengers who die. Okay. And then he yeah, starts totally being right. super powered. So that it could, right over my I don't know when the switch happened and you know that Nick Fury is right there at some point because he shows up after the multiples disappear. So we don't know when the switch actually happened, but mm. we do have to assume that Nick Fury is a badass, And just because the actors 
get older doesn't mean the character should just because like that's how the comics are this the yeah the comic characters are the same age pretty much for 50 yeah. years our time at least you know yeah so have we identified the actual nexus event of this episode i guess this is the first time that the watcher didn't say there it is there yep. it is yeah uh, but the nexus event would have happened years ago it was hope van dyne dying on a shield mission in ukraine and that's what kind of drove hank pym to go down this path and did you see the Easter egg for this or did you catch it? This is this is kind of a tough one unless you're really, really paying attention. In Captain America Winter Soldier, there's a conversation where Natasha says that she was on a, mis- a mission in Odessa and she was trying to smuggle out and, and save, uh, not an engineer, I think it was a scientist or something. Mm-hmm. And she talks about how Bucky, was the Winter Soldier, was causing some problems for her. Fury mentions in What If that Hope was killed in a mission outside of Odessa, Ukraine. So we're wondering here if the next event was actually that Bucky killed Hope during mm. the, the actual extraction of the scientist, engineer, whatever it is, or if the next event is Hope showing up in the first place, being a part of the mission. But right. it was cool that they brought that back. And it's tough to catch that if you're not paying attention, like, yeah, definitely. hardcore. But another thing that I thought was really cool, and we are jumping ahead a little bit, but we're talking about Nexus events, and we're talking about how the Watcher, he was overarching in the background when T'Challa gets picked up by uh, Michael Rooker's, um, why am I blanking here? Yondu. Yondu, Jesus. That or was bad. he was picked up by his subordinate. Yeah, his subordinate's taser event. face. Yeah. yeah. So... <laughs> He's overarching in the background. That was really cool. Now we have a pretty funny scene where Coulson's driving, saying to Nick Fury he got his coffee for him. And you just see, like, the desert. And then, boom, there's the watcher watching over the background. Coulson parks the car. Shit starts hitting the fan. Boom, there's Loki showing up. But, yeah, I thought it was really cool that the watcher was watching over. And I and I love, I told you guys this in episode one, I love how in the comics they do the same thing, and it just – they're, they're copying it for this what if. And again, it being the animation, it totally works and it totally makes sense. Yeah, they always choose like the coolest shots to like put them in the background. Mm-hmm. It's very like the cinematography, I guess you could. Is that even a word that's applicable to an animated show? Cinematography? Works for me. Animation, cinematography, yeah. works for me. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, but they always pick, like, the coolest scenes. It's him driving across the desert. Yep. It's Uatu in the background. Yeah, it looks great. Here. Yeah, I, I <laughs> thought that they were actually really good with the comedy in this episode, too. Like, I was for actually sure, yeah. I was actually laughing pretty hard at Colson a couple times. He got yeah, me a few thanks. times. Yeah, like, the first one is when they're talking about the hammer, and Fury's like, all right, uh, he's talking about the hammer, and Colson's like, no one can lift the hammer. Not even Jackson. He does CrossFit. <laughs> CrossFit. And, it, and it's cool because Jackson is actually an agent in S.H.I.E.L.D. that was said in Thor when they talk about someone doing a perimeter and they're like, Jackson. Oh, my God. They're really hitting everything. And then another yeah. Coulson line that got me was he's on the phone when he's describing Thor killing me when he's talking to fury he's like really great hair and fury's like excuse me and he's like it's an accurate description he's gorgeous <laughs> it's an accurate description colson's colson's money yeah he, i like he, for the record nick fury's coffee order is a double macchiato yeah mm-hmm. you don't want to forget that 
You don't want to forget the man's coffee order, you know, the big dog's coffee order. And I guess we might as well nail Colson's other hilarious scene because they're talking about his password for the shield database and it's steve yep. steve steve i love steve 0704 and oh, 0704 is july 4th which is steve rogers's birthday so my gosh they're just nailing it here what they do man and That's why not if you get a chance to revisit what you put out years ago yeah you're gonna be spot on with the easter eggs and the callbacks and the wings um yeah yeah, what else do you want to hit at this? I'm trying to rack my brain and keep it short. Yeah, um, no, I, I just thought that it was a really cool take on the Avengers Initiative and Avengers assembling and their origin stories just going dark and really, really pushing the darkness, but then showing the light at the end of the tunnel with Nick Fury pulling out, all right, we do have some other Avengers. And Captain Marvel, which is great, we see her beeper, and she says, mm-hmm. who do we have to fight? And then we have our boy Cap getting pulled out of the ice. So, I mean, we're going to have a whole nother set of Avengers. Mm-hmm. And it's cool to think about. And again, what if? It's cool to think about, like, let's think about Avengers 1, except now we have Cap as the leader, Captain Marvel, which is super overpowered for that early in the MCU. Now we need other superheroes to join. And who could it be like thinking about the options is just, it's just really cool. Like it doesn't, we don't even have to go over it right now, but just like thinking of a whole nother lineup. The cool part about the comics is Avengers, new Avengers, Avengers disassembled. There's just so many comics and they just shuffle the Thunderbolts. They're just shuffling the teammates. And that's what everyone looks for just because new interactions, new team ups, new, you know, it's, it's just really cool. New character development based on who you're actually working with. Maybe we see Dr. Strange early. Maybe we see, ant-man early i mean anything can happen because the whole beginning of the story changed i'm in for that um otherwise i just thought and i'll ask your opinion on this i thought this was pretty funny so we're sitting there and loki shows up and again this is another call back to avengers because loki's showing up and now he's first of all the rightful prince of asgard because thor dies and let's Mm -hmm. take a pause here are you a little upset because i'm a little upset that Hawkeye's arrow just straight up killed Thor. I don't really. Yeah, I'm not sure how that worked. So because it's not another situation where like Ant-Man went through or Hank Pym went through him. He he made Hawkeye. He he, uh, hit his reflex finger, dropped it. Boom, the arrow shot. Now he's aiming for the heart. But at the same time, we know Thor's a god. I'm not really expecting that to kill him. Mm -hmm. I'll take it for this episode just because I thought they were very creative for how they killed Hulk. That's another situation where how are you going to do that? And it is very interesting and and creative that they were able to enlarge his heart until he blew up or whatever, just, you know, using the pin particles. I was a little upset with Thor's death, but anyway, back to to Loki. Now that Thor's dead, he's the rightful prince of Asgard. Mm -hmm. That changes his story a whole lot. So what what was the deal there? Did all of humanity just kneel to him willingly? Because over the course of him showing up on Thursday, then Friday, he's like at the United Nations saying everyone accepts me as the ruler like you guys want this. Yeah, I mean, there's no one to fight him. Yeah, it's going back to Avengers. You know, he's the original villain. There's no one to assemble yet to fight him. Fury has to go pull Cap out of the ice and explain to him what the hell's going on. Captain Marvel only gets called after Loki tells everyone to bow. So that's why True. Fury's going for it. 
I'm sure she'll take care of them at that point. But yeah, Fury at this point literally uses Loki to take out Hank Pym, is grateful for that, thinking that he's just going to roll out. And then Loki's like, wait a second, Midgard's pretty undefended right now, yeah. and I'm the rightful Prince of Asgard, and I have a rightful purpose, man. I have yeah. a glorious purpose, and I'm going to take over Midgard. I'm going to stay here on nice little vacation. So Avengers will assemble and take care of them. But for now, everyone's kneeling because there's no one to take care of them yet. So true. Mm-hmm. true. I but, thought it was weird that it just happened so quickly. Yeah, but yeah. I guess for the purposes of the show. I mean, also too, yeah. Like for him, it would happen that quickly just because he's like, "Hey, I'm here. No one's here to fight me. I'm taking over." Now, the quickness will be the issue for assembling the Avengers. So obviously, he t- he goes to um, United Nations. Was it? Or, it was somewhere. Yeah, something like that. And he says, everyone kneels. I'm the leader of the world, leader of whatever it is. And Fury sees the caskets. He talks to Coulson. He decides the Avengers aren't going to die here. He, he picks up uh, Cap and he calls Captain Marvel. That's when the ball will start rolling to finish off Loki for yeah. now. So, but I, when he gave his speech, I don't know about you. Tell me if you thought of this. When he's given his speech to fury when he first shows up and he's saying mm-hmm. neo and fury's like we don't do that here and at the same exact time black widow's dealing with hulk and thunderbolt ross and that whole thing yeah. she's calling him and the phone's ringing while he's trying to get the speech and all i could think of is those movie theater preview things that say mm-hmm. everyone put up turn off your phone because he's like giving this speech and all of a sudden <laughs> i just hear the ringtone over and over and over and over and over <laughs> i was like of all right course. is this supposed to be is this the before marvel movie or uh, turn off your phone thing. I was pretty happy that that happened in the show because it really defused the situation because Loki kind of dropped the act and was like, Hey, I'm in the middle of something. And yeah. then kind of get to a conversation. Uh, but no, my head did not go. <laughs> now it's going there. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. And did you, are you a fan of seven, the movie? Have you seen uh, it? Yeah, that's the what's in the box. What's in the box? Yeah. Well, Fury wants to know what's in Loki's box, and I'm pretty sure it's Gwyneth Paltrow's pretty little head. So, is that oh Pepper Potts or is that is that Gwyneth Paltrow? Yeah, because she Gwyneth Paltrow is whose head it is in seven. So, mm. really? That's yeah. Gwyneth Paltrow is Brad Pitt's wife, girlfriend, whatever. That is her. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 yeah so, Great movie. I liked it. Uh, the last thing I wanted to talk about with you as a couple Easter eggs, nothing really crazy here. Um, I thought it was pretty cool that in Hulk, in Hulk, Edward Norton as the Hulk before our boy, Mark Ruffalo shows up and takes over. He uses a disguise. He works at a pizza place and I've only seen the Hulk maybe once or twice, to be honest. So I need a little bit of a refresher, um, but he works at a pizza place and that's why Black Widow notices that someone would be in the yeah. room when Dr. Betty Ross is chilling in her lab and she sees the pizza hat. So it's the same exact hat from Incredible yeah. Hulk that Edward Norton is wearing. And I also thought it was really cool that the watcher himself talks about Tony in the beginning and throughout the episode saying that Tony's dealt with demons inside and out. They talk about him being hung over and things like that. In the comics, like Tony's a major alcoholic. That's like his big demon in the comics and they don't really get into it too much in the movies at all and they do in in iron man 2 show him drinking and kind of 
start showing there might be an issue, and then they kind of kill it off. Now, obviously, you're playing with fire when, I mean, I'm sure Robert Downey Jr. is fine, but you know that his own past, like, do you really want him to be acting and doing that whole thing? We already know that actors who are sober and start playing characters who are like alcoholics or, you know, fall back into issues with that. Who knows if that's actually the issue, but it's a huge thing in the comics that Tony is an alcoholic. So I like that they actually brought it up and gave a little bit of a, an in-between actually saying that like around Iron Man two, he says like he battled those demons and he got over it. And it kind of gives us an answer between Iron Man two, Iron Man three and the rest of the movies, like showing that he actually defeated those demons. And that's why in the other movies, we don't need to even worry about the fact that if he drinks or he doesn't drink. I had no clue that was even a thing in the source material. That would have added another layer to him, but I can definitely see from a creative standpoint why they wouldn't want to go that route. It's tough when your guy who literally brought the MCU and and Marvel back from the dead, Mm -hmm. Iron Man, are you going to really want to go through a thing where he's like dealing with alcoholism and, you know, like just make him as good as you can. Yeah, exactly. Otherwise, man, I thought this was a great episode. We talked about it. We talked it up for weeks. We've been telling all everybody listening and watching that <laughs> you, you can't wait. We're finally in the dark. And guess what, dude? I'm like Kang right now. I finally don't know what's coming next, man. It's crazy. <laughs> great call. That's a great binge town Easter egg. Call there you go. I feel just like Kang right now. I finally don't know what's coming next, and I'm very, very excited to see what episode four is. The only other thing I really want to talk about, again, is Michael Douglas, Hank Pym. It's cool that they made him Yellow Jacket because when he's Hank Pym, he's another dark character in the comics. He's he's good. He's bad. He's in the middle. He's He's got a dark past. Uh, especially with his wife and hope and stuff. So usually when he's villainous, he's yellow jacket when he's good. He's ant man. It's kind of back and forth, but I like how they use the yellow jacket costume. And I thought that it was a really good twist that he freaked out about hope's death. And he, and obviously we know that his wife, well, at the time we find out she's not dead, but at the time he, he believes she was dead blaming shield blaming nick fury and that fuels his hatred fuels the reason why he wants to destroy what could be the avengers because he just doesn't want anyone to go through what his wife and daughter did i thought it was a good twist man and i definitely didn't guess that he was going to be the villain i i guess that it would be cool if ant-man was the projectile that killed tony but I thought it was cool. I thought the actor, the voice actor did well. I did say when I say voice actor did well, it's freaking Michael Douglas. I did say that I thought it didn't sound exactly like him. But again, he's supposed to sound like crazy and off, you know, off the rocker because of how 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 much hatred he has. Yeah, no, this was a great episode. Uh, One of the things that I like most through three episodes is that kind of these chain of events, these snowball effects, they're all very, very plausible. If this Nexus event happens, all the dominoes that fall make so much sense. And this him twist, that absolutely makes sense. Uh, Not to mention that it's very plausible that he has the chops and the know-how to take out the Avengers in kind of a covert way like this. Um, He just kind of fit the bill as someone that could fill this role and take out the Avengers. So I, I really appreciated that about the episode. Um, I didn't know that Hank Pym was such a controversial character, but he is. 
adds another layer to it from the source material. So thank you for that, Jimmy. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, we've been talking about it for the past two What If episodes. This one was a banger. And like you, I'm just excited to not know what's coming up because... I think Zombie Avengers is is the one that's at the top of my brain now. I'm just waiting for that episode. <laughs> Zombie Avengers. There's going to be one with Ultron with the Infinity Stones. I, I mean, stole, uh, Gamora in Thanos' armor with his like. Yeah, sword so there's going to be some freaking cool ones coming up. Our boy Paul will be back hopefully next week. We missed yeah. him for these three weeks, but we took care of it. I think. I think we did all right. Yeah, we did a good job for sure. He's going to be back soon. Um, I feel like this is like the third time it's happened where he's missed the first episode or two. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it happened midway. It happened for Loki, too, because he missed the Mm pre-screeners for Loki, too. So, Paul, we miss you. You'll be back next week, hopefully. Guys, also check out our Spider-Man No Way Home trailer coverage because we're about to talk about that next and it's going to drop probably today. But anyway, Tags, hit it up. Give us that outro. Keep an eye out for our continued coverage of What If. We're going to be covering each episode week by week as they come out. And as always, if you like what you heard, give Binchtown TV a follow on Twitter and Instagram. Visit us on BinchtownTV.com and subscribe to our show on Spotify, the Apple Podcast app, or wherever else you may find your podcast. Also, we have just recently started a Patreon that can be found at our uh, website. Once again, we are Binchtown TV. And thanks for listening. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.